chapter twenty six of stories of symphonic music this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by kathleen stories of symphonic music by lawrence gilman chapter twenty six rimsky korsakoff nicholas andreevich rimsky korsakoff born in tikvin in the government of novgorod russia march eighteenth eighteen forty four now living in st petersburg sadko a musical picture opus five rimsky korsakoff who as a young man served as an officer in the russian navy has in his music shown a peculiar aptitude for delineating the moods and aspects of the sea sadko composed in eighteen sixty seven and sometimes spoken of as the first russian symphonic poem is music of the sea it has this programme which is prefaced to the score the ship bearing sadko a hero of russian legend or according to some a historical character a famous gusli player is becalmed on the high sea footnote gusli an instrument peculiar to the russian people originally added a small flat sounding box with a maple wood cover and strung with seven strings End footnote. he is thrown overboard by his fellow-travellers as a propitiatory offering to the sea-king who receives him in his domain while the ship sails on there is a great company beneath the waves for the sea-king is celebrating the wedding of his daughter to the ocean he compels sadko to play on his gusli and they all dance to the music spectres appear the dance grows wilder and wilder stormier and stormier are the billows sadko breaks the strings of his instrument an end is put to the dancing the sea grows calmer and it is soon dark and still in the ocean depths in the music there is first moderato assai a suggestion of the quiet sea the becalmed ship following that the picturesque intent of the music heard in the light of the program is easily followed antar symphony number no. two opus fifteen one largo allegro vivaci two allegro three allegro risoluto alla marcia four allegretto vivaci andante amoroso antar was a famous arabian warrior poet of pre-mohammedan times he lived in the sixth century and his eloquence and inspiration as a poet were so revered that one of his poems inscribed upon deerskin was hung up among the idols in the kaaba at mecca for the adoration of worshippers footnote el kaaba or more properly al or o kaaba the sacred shrine of the islamites at mecca is said by tradition to have been created by god out of cloud and mist at the beginning of the world adam gave it a more substantial form building it of stones and rock it was rebuilt by noah after the flood destroyed in war and erected again by ishmael and abraham it was built in its present form by moslem caliphs in the eighth century before the days of mohammed it was the shrine of some six hundred idols among which were six examples of supreme poetic eloquence 
it was to these that antar's poem was added End footnote rimsky korsakoff symphony first performed at magdeburg in eighteen eighty one is based on a tale by sinkowski of which antar is the hero its substance is condensed in the following note in french and german preface to the score one largo allegro vivace awful is the view of the desert of sham mighty in their desolation are the ruins of palmyra the city raised by the spirits of darkness footnote the desert that lies to the east of damascus End footnote. but antar the man of the desert braves them and dwells serenely in the midst of the scenes of destruction antar has forever forsaken the company of mankind he has sworn eternal hatred on account of the evil they returned him for the good which he intended suddenly a charming graceful gazelle appears footnote the gazelle figures with curious persistence in arabic poetry especially as a symbol even as a standard of feminine grace and beauty End footnote. antar starts to pursue it but a great noise seems pulsing through the heavens and the light of day is veiled by a dense shadow it is a giant bird that is giving chase to the gazelle antar straightway changes his intent and attacks the monster which gives a piercing cry and flies away the gazelle disappears at the same time and antar left alone in the midst of the ruins soon goes to sleep while meditating on the event that has happened he sees himself transported to a splendid palace where a multitude of slaves hasten to serve him and to charm his ear with their song it is the abode of the queen of palmyra the fairy gulnazar the gazelle that he has saved from the talons of the spirit of darkness is none other than the fairy herself in gratitude gulnazar promises antar the three great joys of life and when he assents to the proffered gift the vision vanishes and he awakes amid the surrounding ruins two allegro the first joy granted by the queen of palmyra to antar is the delight of vengeance three allegrato risoluto alla marcia the second joy the delight of power four allegretto vivaci andante amoroso antar has returned to the fallen remains of palmyra the third and last gift granted by the fairy to antar is the joy of true love antar begs the fairy to take away his life as soon as she perceives the least estrangement on his side and she promises to do his desire after a long time of mutual bliss the fairy perceives one day that antar is absent in spirit and is gazing into the distance straightway divining the reason she passionately embraces him the fire of her love inflames antar and his heart is consumed away their lips meet in a last kiss and antar dies in the arms of the fairy the grave theme for violas and woodwind which is heard in the opening largo and which recurs throughout the symphony has been called the antar motive while the graceful motive for flute and accompanying horns in the succeeding allegro section has been said to characterize the transformed gazelle 
the miraculously potent fairy queen through whose love antar finally meets his end caesar cui to whom the score is dedicated has thus commented on the music first part antar is in the desert he saves a gazelle from a beast of prey the gazelle is a fay who rewards her deliverer by granting him three pleasures the whole of this part which begins and ends with a picture of the desolate and boundless desert is worthy of the composer's magic brush second part the pleasure of vengeance a rugged savage unbridled allegro with crescendos like the letting loose of furious winds third part the pleasure of power an oriental march a masterpiece of the finest and most brilliant interpretation last part the pleasure of love amid which antar expires a delicate poetic delicious andante and alfred Bruneau speaks of the music's striking depiction of the three primal human passions these sentiments passing severally through diverse measures tonalities and rhythms over which hovers insistently the parent phrase of antar are the faithful reflections of our tormented vague and mysterious souls scheherazade symphonic suite after a thousand nights and a night opus thirty five prefixed to the score of this suite published in eighteen eighty nine is the following program printed in french and russian the sultan shariar convinced of the faithlessness of women had sworn to put to death each of his wives after the first night but the sultana scheherazade saved her life by diverting him with stories which she told him during a thousand and one nights the sultan conquered by his curiosity put off from day to day the execution of his wife and at last renounced entirely his bloody vow many wonders were narrated to shariar by the sultana scheherazade for her stories the sultana borrowed the verses of poets and the words of folk-songs and she fitted together tales and adventures one the sea and sinbad ship two the tale of the calendar prince three the young prince and the young princess four festival at baghdad the sea the ship is wrecked on a rock surmounted by a bronze warrior conclusion there is doubt as to rimsky korsakoff's precise intention in the program of this suite which one of sinbad's voyages is described which of the three calendars is referred to and what adventure of what young prince and princess the composer leaves to his hearers to decide moreover the event mentioned in the last number of the suite the wrecking of the ship upon a rock surmounted by a warrior of brass not bronze occurs in the story of the third calendar while the wreck of sinbad's ship occurred under different circumstances the truth seems to be that rimsky korsakoff has aimed at translating into music the spirit and atmosphere which unifies the various stories and has not troubled himself about the accuracy or the consistency of his paraphrase like scheherazade herself he has strung together without regard for continuity or coherence whatever incidents and fragments suited his purpose 
thus his music is to be taken as a gloss on the tales as a whole on their general and underlying mood their color their imaginative essence one the sea and sinbad ship the first theme of this movement heard at the opening has been identified both as the motive of the sea and of sinbad later we hear solo violin with harp chords the motive of scheherazade an undulating arpeggio figure has been called the wave motive and a theme first sung by the solo flute that of the ship the sea motive forms a climax of the full orchestra there is a tranquil close two the tale of the calendar prince after an introductory passage we hear the scheherazade theme on a solo violin with harp accompaniment followed by a theme quasi recitando her solo bassoon which seems here to have the role of narrator there is an intermezzo of oriental character the end is spirited three the young prince and the young princess some think from the similarity of the two themes typical of prince and princess that the composer had in mind the adventures of kamar el zaman moon of the age and the princess budur full moon this movement is idyllic a romanza evolved out of two themes of folk-song character for festival at baghdad the sea the ship is wrecked on a rock surmounted by a bronze warrior the motive of the sea begins the movement the scheherazade theme follows then allegro moto e frenetico begins a brilliant depiction of the revels at baghdad then abruptly we are transformed to a scene on shipboard we seem to plunge into the broad movement of the surging sea straight on to the fateful event while the jollification is at its height the ship strikes the dreadful rock the trombones roar out the sea motive against the billowy wave motive in the strings the storm dies there is a quiet ending with development on the sea and wave motives the tales are told scheherazade the narrator who lived with shariar in all pleasance and solace of life and its delights till there took them the destroyer of delights and the severer of societies the desolator of dwelling-places and the gardener of graveyards and they were translated to the ruth of almighty allah fades away with the vision and the final note of her violin a night on mount triglav third act of the opera ballet malada concert arrangement for orchestra in eighteen seventy two rimsky korsakov caesar cui modeste mussorgsky and alexander borodin who with miley balakirev were the famous cotier who founded the neo-russian school forty years ago wrote each the music of an act to an opera libretto by gideonov their chief of the imperial theatres who had ordered the work footnote this was the group of iconoclastic and restless young composers who at st petersburg set forth under the banner of nationalism to open new paths for russian music and by whom tchaikovsky was cast into outer darkness as being too eclectic too little national in his art End footnote. this composite opera was never produced 
but rimsky korsakoff made use of his share of the music for the third act of his opera ballet Malada, produced in eighteen ninety three the composer afterwards made a concert arrangement of the music of this act and it was performed at moscow in nineteen o three under the direction of wassily savanoff the score of the work in its purely orchestral form is prefaced by a descriptive programme of which the following is a translation the stage is covered with thick clouds darkness the clouds disperse little by little and finally disappear completely falling stars a clear moonless night a gorge on mount triglov souls of the dead approach floating and begin a fantastic round colo the full moon which rises lights up the gorge in its rays appears the wrath of the princess malada making signs to jaromir to follow her lightly she glides over the rocks and precipices jaromir follows her the shades interrupt the colo jaromir in a wild burst of passion seeks to approach malada who disappears jaromir pursues her the moon grows red subterranean thunder seized with terror the shades of the dead disappear night birds wing their way across the stage evil spirits issue from all the caverns and crevices demons spectres and sorcerers come forth and serpents and toads crawl out revels and dances of the spirits of darkness from the midst of the infernal round chernobog arises in the form of a black stag with his followers he evokes the souls of jaromir and of cleopatra queen of egypt impenetrable darkness the stage is transformed into a splendid egyptian hall queen cleopatra is reclining upon a sumptuous couch of purple surrounded by dancing girls and slaves dances of the slaves the dancing girls and cleopatra she seeks passionately to draw jaromir towards her the soul of the latter grows animated the wrath of malada hides its face in its hands and weeps a cock crows suddenly everything vanishes deep night a peal of underground thunder quiet the clouds successively disperse first gleam of dawn the wooded slope of mount triglov jaromir is sleeping nature awakes the leaves rustle and the birds twitter a ray of the rising sun falls on jaromir full daylight sweet christmas eve tableau one introduction christmas eve tableau two in space tableau three brilliant ball in the imperial palace tableau four night in space rimsky korsakoff composed in eighteen ninety five an opera christmas eve based on a story by gogol footnote nicholas gogol eighteen o nine to eighteen fifty two a prolific and popular russian novelist tchaikovsky compared him with dickens he dickens has the same inimitable and innate humor and the same masterly power of depicting an entire character in a few strokes but he has not gogol's depth End footnote. it was produced at st petersburg december tenth eighteen ninety five 
excerpts from it were afterwards made into a suite by the composer mr h e crabiel has paraphrased gogol's tale as it has been utilized by rimsky korsakoff with a clearness and concision which could not well be bettered the story is concerned with one of the adventures of the hero a young handsome herculean and stout-hearted blacksmith named wakula in an effort to win the hand of a wilful and capricious damsel named oxana she commands him to bring her the triwitschki embroidered slippers or little shoes of the empress catherine the great to understand how he achieved this feat it is necessary to relate that his mother soloka is a mistress of the magic arts and also a buxom dame who counts among her four lovers not only the father of the whimsical Oxana, but the devil himself one day the day before christmas her four lovers appear at her house in such rapid succession that she is obliged to hide them in sacks one after another to prevent discovery of the numerous rivalry in her haste two are put into one sack she has just disposed of the last when wakula comes home and to him she gives the sacks as containing so much coal to carry away to various destinations wakula shoulders the three sacks at once and is off after depositing two of them in the street he discovers that he has trapped the devil in the third and under threat of baptizement unless he consents compels his satanic majesty to transport him instanter to st petersburg and help him get the empress's slippers here the sweep begins and since most of it is of the descriptive order the rest of the tale may best be told with hints intended to identify the scenes with the music tableau one introduction christmas eve the scene pictures dikanka a village in little russia on a clear cold night adagio tableau two in space the stars group themselves upon the clouds andante the stars engage in games and dances ballet mazurka allegro assai a procession of comets adagio a round dance revolution of the constellations about the pole andante non troppo a shower of meteors allegro clouds descend and hide the stars a wizard rides into view seated in a kettle which he drives with an oven fork after him a rout of wizards in pots kettles and bowls carrying forks frying-pans tongs and pokers witches astride of brooms dance of the witches wakula rushes by upon the devil in the shape of a winged horse wizards and witches scurry after him allegro aside with a dactylic figure to suggest the infernal ride the lights of st petersburg are seen moderato tableau three brilliant ball in the imperial palace polonaise allegro non troppo alla polacca the devil enters with wakula the dactylic figure is resumed darkness comes over the scene tableau four night in space 
glimpses of the setting moon are had through rifts in the clouds andante flying through the clouds a multitude of empty pots and kettles brooms forks and other kitchen utensils allegro wakula dashes past in the opposite direction upon his devil horse allegro assai the clouds disperse and vanish the moon sets and the morning star venus appears moderato dawn collada in a golden sledge and ovsin on a boar with golden bristles appear with a train of light elves who hymn them andante collada is an ancient slavic sun-goddess in an old ceremony she used to be represented by a maiden clad in white robes who was driven from house to house in the yuletide while kolyadki that is kolyada songs were sung by the youths and maidens who attended her and received gifts from the people in return for their songs the sun rises through the frosty mists and dikenka becomes visible wakula is returned with the shoes in time for early mass the bells of the village church are heard and the people singing the pious christmas canticle end of chapter twenty six